Please note that nothing in this podcast should ever be taken as personal financial advice. And if you are seeking financial advice, reach out as we work with professionals in the industry. And welcome back to another episode of the Finance Bible Podcast. I am your host, Oscar, and I'm joined alongside me with the fellow founder of the Bible himself, Zeke. Zeke, yet another week. How have you been tracking? Mate, I've been tracking pretty good. Very exciting week. Freedom Day coming up. It's only a couple of days away now. That is, yeah, that's probably the biggest news here in uh, New South Wales at the moment. Everyone is getting... Very excited, the picnics last week. Everyone's building up with the momentum for the big grand review on the Monday. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be a good time. Have you got anything planned, mate? Well, funny you say that, I actually have. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a, had a feeling it was gonna be open on the Monday, even though they said it could be a bit later. So I did go and just book a few different um, restaurants during the week, at the start of the week. Wow, your and boy, he knows. Yeah, and then look, Saturday, um, Saturday afternoon as well, got a nice long lunch. Um, but yeah, no, exciting things. Very, very keen to get out there and actually live, you know, a normal, not normal life again. If I'm not mistaken, we do have a game of tennis booked on Monday. That's and then true. We may or may not have a little boat party coming up a couple of weeks later. Yeah, but look, we might have to do a podcast actually on the boat. Uh, but look, the tennis will be good fun on Monday. We have a um, corporate tennis day at work. Um, with our company mm. so Zeke and myself we've actually put together a bit of a, a table for the competition bracket and obviously we're not on the same team because we want it to be relatively uh, fair relatively fair yeah um, now mate what's on yeah, what's well, on for today's podcast good good that you've gone to that I think we we're going on a bit too long there um, today as mentioned at the end of last week before we actually talk about it I hope everyone enjoyed last week's podcast with Mitchie Lockhart um, shout out to Mitch. Thanks for jumping on, mate. And yeah, you're a legend. Yeah, um, absolute legend. All the feedback we've got from that was that everyone related to it really well. And if you want more stuff like that, flick us a message, get around it, share it around. I want to know. Get around it. Um, anyway, getting back on track once again, this week's um, podcast, we're kind of just going to dive into you know, creating wealth. And Zeke and myself, we've kind of narrowed down to three distinct factors which help you building to build that wealth. Um, so we figured out three vital steps in creating that and we're gonna to touch on each step um, in depth, really. Yep, let's do it. So you wanna to touch on the first uh, step there, mate? So pay off high interest debt. So that's a very important one, obviously. If you've got high interest debt, guess what? You can't make wealth because you're paying debt at a high interest rate. This varies in the finance industry pretty rapidly. Um, some people will say, High interest debt is anything above 4%, some will say 8% ETC. I personally say it's anything charging more than 5%. My reason for that is with a 5% interest rate or higher, you're actually paying more interest than what you may gain from investing net of fees. So what I mean by that is if you're invested into the ASX or the NASDAQ and you're growing at 8% per year, and you've got a fee to enter that market, for example, IG charges you $8, Comsec charges you $30, ETC, what you find is your net growth, if you're returning 8% per annum and getting charged that fee, if you invest weekly or monthly or however often, your net growth is going to be more like 6%, um, pending on the amount you're investing. Yeah. So if you're paying interest on 5%, that 1% difference um, may actually be better off going to paying down the debt quicker to allow you to leverage into other assets, which by the way, if you haven't touched on leveraging, get into our episode on it. 
And because leveraging is key. Leveraging is key. Perfect. Um, yeah, you kind of nailed that on the. Um, what do we say? Nailed it on the head. Yeah, hit the hit the nail. Yeah, on the you head. hit the nail on the head there. I think that's um, yeah, perfectly explained. Yeah. So, going into that a bit further, as opposed to just giving you a definition, is you've got a car loan. You're paying six percent on it. I would pay that down anyway before investing because it's going to be eating up a lot of what could be gains in the future. If your mortgage is two or three percent, I personally again. I'd be making minimum repayment on that because the investment gains I could get would be a lot higher than the 2 or 3% that I'm losing to interest. Apologies for the heavy traffic. Uh, we're in the office today. <laughs> yeah, it probably does <laughs> echo in the mic. Yeah. Another, another one is that's really common is credit card interest. Annual percentages of that, if you've got a high fee credit card, like one that you're paying an annual fee on, generally interest will be between 13 and 19%. If you're getting hit with 13, 19% interest, guess what? Your gains will not get close to outperforming that on the average. If you're outperforming the market drastically, then guess what? You may still be able to invest. And mate, the credit card conversation, we actually touched on that in our first or second podcast as well. Um, when we actually talk about the you know compound interest and the benefits of compound interest, we do touch on credit card if um, you, know, you guys wanna go back and quickly listen to that and get a bit of a better understanding of how the interest on credit um, and credit card actually works. Yeah, we've had a couple of people come through in the later podcasts to our series and they've been really interested in things and have engaged in questions with us that we've already answered in other podcasts. Yeah. So just jump in, have a look if there's any you think might be interesting, give them a we listen. We've even had phone calls with them as well, like they've we asked have. us, um, you know, if we can have a 10, 15 minute discussion. and. And we're more than happy to just pick up the phone and give you a quick call and um, give it, you know, in your personal um, situation the way you think make it a bit easier. So another vital step in creating wealth is to build a habit in saving and your saving patterns. So people today, a lot of people we find are living paycheck to paycheck. So every week they're hanging out for the Friday or if they're getting paid monthly, which, you know, I feel sorry for a lot of people if you do because you got to get your budgeting sorted, which is fine if you've got a nice budget plan, which we have attached to our previous podcast. Hope you're looking at that one. But um, it is a lot harder for people who are getting paid monthly. But anyway, you know, you don't wanna be living paycheck to paycheck and waiting for the payday to hit your account. And then all of a sudden you go out on a night out with your mates, you got all your bills to pay for the month. Um, if you're renting, you got rent. And all of a sudden, all your money's gone. But if you're putting some money aside to save and regularly investing, um, say for example, into NASDAQ or cryptocurrency, whatever you think is a better investment option for yourself, that's really the key to start building the savings habits. Because Zeke, I know when we speak to clients and some of them have goals to reach you know, $2 million of income producing assets in their future, yeah, no one can save their way to wealth. It might sound fine that you're putting all your money in your bank account after every um, you know, paycheck, maybe 10, 20, 30% of your pay, but if you're not investing that money somewhere else that's gonna give you a return of your investment, what are you really doing? There's not much to it. It's, it's as simple as that really. It's, it's really as simple as that. So you can really choose any investment option which you believe or you have most interest in. Yeah, at the end of the day, if you're looking to save your way to wealth and you want to retire on 80 grand a year, you're looking at over $2 million that you need. In retirement, that is. And you can't save up, well, I can't save up $2 million and 
just kick back. Like, yeah, it's not well, achievable. If you can do that, congratulations. Tell us all how to do it. But everyone has expenses coming out every you know, every month. You can't save your way to the $2 million. Yeah, you need to develop a good saving habit and then develop a good investing habit. Exactly. And look, you can do that with regular deposits as well. So once you get paid, you can put a regular deposit into your bank account. So for example, when I get paid, I have a few different accounts. I put half into savings and then another half of the funds which I'm saving up. It goes directly into my investment account. So, because I know for a fact, I won't personally be able to save up $2 million plus dollars of what I'm wanting in retirement. I have to invest that money and leverage it into income producing assets that are gonna help me along the way and fast track me to that wealth. So building deposit mechanism is probably the way to go. And I know savings can scare some people by building savings habits. A lot of my peers and friends who I've spoken to in the last few months, they have had trouble in saving because they are a lot of people, well, a lot of people are big spenders. So especially like my friends, some of them are spenders and they have trouble actually putting you know 20% aside each week. But if you start a budget and you stick to that budget for at least I say at least three months, because after three months it comes into a regular behavior, so you can actually, you know, you're wanting to do it and it gets exciting down the track when you're putting all your funds yeah, it in there. Yeah, becomes a habit. Yeah, so if you can do that for three months, you'll be excited to actually start saving money and see your, your wealth accumulate over time. And that will directly correspond into building those assets and, you know, start getting as close to the goal in retirement. And Matt, another one, I'll get you to touch on this one because we did just recently do a post on this um, a couple days ago, is you must build a rainy day fund. That is probably after the savings habit, I think you know, one of the most important factors of any individual, you have to have a rainy day fund for any emergencies or anything like that. Mate, rainy day protection is one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. The reason is, when you've got rainy day protection in place or a rainy day fund, you just feel on top of the world. It could be a rainy day and guess what? You're protected, you've got that umbrella. We all hate being out in the rain without an umbrella and we all hate being under financial restraint. Now, if you have the rainy, the rainy day, day fund, fund, you got your poncho, you got your, you got your gumboots, you got your umbrella, you got, you got everything. It's yeah. a whole, the whole um, combination, you're set. That's exactly right. Yeah, so a rainy day fund, a lot of people have actually realized how important this is throughout COVID-19 and the start of the coronavirus. Because once that hit, a lot of people, um, you know, everyone lost their jobs. So all of a sudden you've got, oh wow, oh, oh shit, what am I gonna do? I don't have a job. The government hasn't started paying anyone yet, so there's no income coming through to anyone. So people without a rainy day fund or money set aside are pretty much screwed. Like a lot of people I knew or you saw on the news and all people on Facebook and Instagram, a lot of people struggled and businesses as well. Unfortunately, those businesses who went under because you know, they didn't have enough funds to keep going. When you're in a financial fire, you need a hose to put it out and that's what a rainy day fund does. For me, um, I'm in a professional occupation where I know I can get another job within three months pretty easy. Um, any professional out there, I'm talking nurses, doctors, teachers, yeah, anything. Um, Police officers. Yeah, anything that is a job in demand you can easily find another job within three months. So for me, my rainy day protection fund only needs to last me three months of my wage. Let's say I'm getting paid a hundred bucks a week and I need three months. 
well, you're 400 bucks a month, 1200 bucks in three months. That's what I would need to have saved up until I can find another job. Yeah, well, it, and it also depends on your lifestyle income and how much you're actually spending too. So if you're a big spender, obviously you gotta save up a bit more for your rainy day fund. If you're a bit frugal like ourselves, it's a little bit less, but figure that out, you know, between the two. So hey, frugal is a great, a great word. Like, frugal. I think if I get another dog, I'm calling it frugal. <laughs> It actually is a good word, isn't it? It actually is. It's it came from the book we read, The Millionaire Next Door. The Millionaire Next the Door. The Millionaire Next Door. Great frugal book. Um, but yeah, to make, to just give you a better understanding other than COVID-19, some other examples of events which may require to dip into your rainy day fund. Um, you know, for example, if you get fired, which we just talked about, but another one is if you get injured. You might get a payout from insurance, but still, you do need some funding there to back you up. Another one is medical emergencies, car repairs, home repairs, unexpected travel. You know, if you're living interstate and all of a sudden one of your family members gets sick or you need to go visit someone um, back home or wherever that might happen, you have to have enough money to just quickly jump on the flight and just go. And also family emergencies is a key one too. There's so many different events in today's life that you can need backup funds at all time. So mate, that's kind of three vital steps in creating wealth. There are many other ways in creating wealth, but we did sit down at the start of the year and kind of figure that out, that there were the three main ones, which will actually help people build their wealth if they get on top of that. So is there anything else you kind of want to add on to that? Well, with those three, they kind of just all together make me feel really relaxed after I've achieved them. Relaxed. When I've, yeah, when I've got a rainy day fund and I've got a good savings habit, I've paid off my high interest debt, I find myself in a position where I feel confident, I don't feel at risk, I feel like, if I get fired, who cares? Like all of these things, yeah. I just feel secure feel good. and good. And, and you, you, there's no stress at all. Um, obviously, if you do lose your job, you'll be stressed trying to find one, but it's nice to know you have funds to back you up. You don't have to worry about that. Not having financial stress is just a really vital part of your life in terms of being positive, living a healthy lifestyle and feeling good. We're not just all about financial freedom here, we're also about having a good, healthy, stress-free life. Yeah. And this is how you do it. Yeah, because if you're a massive fan, for example, of yoga or Pilates, just something which is physical, getting your mind ticking and you lose your job and you still gotta fund that, it'd be a shame if you actually couldn't afford that if you didn't have a rainy day fund because Firstly, you lost your job. Secondly, your mental health will decrease and then your productivity, your whole mood will go down. Think about what your favorite thing in the world is to do or what your main hobby is and kind of get that to motivate you in case you lose your job or anything like that to build that fund set aside so you, you can continue to do those things in your darkest hours. Oh. Darkest hours. Oh, mate, that's deep. Guys, I hope everyone has a ripper week at work or whatever you're doing. And to everyone in New South Wales, the time has come. Monday, tomorrow, which is for us, is Freedom Day. Get around it. We've done the last 14, 16 weeks really hard. It's finally time to let loose. Let's get out there, let's have a good time. Yeah, and enjoy yourselves. You know, always think about the savings habits and what you gotta put away, but whatever makes you happy, spend that money, especially now. See your friends, see your family, enjoy your time, and um, we'll touch base next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week for another good episode, actually. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week in particular.
We touched on three of the major expenses. Now, we're not going to dive into what they are today because it is a surprise unless you follow the Instagram page, you would have seen it already. At the Finance Bible. But basically, uh, we'll see you next week. And until then, let's share it around, get everyone involved, keep it going. We're, we're really loving the support at the moment. Yeah, get, get going. Like we've almost, we've almost been listed in the Spotify top 50 podcast in the category, which is an exciting accomplishment already. So keep this getting around. Um, speak to your family, speak to your friends, just share this to anyone you think will benefit from it. Short term, long term, medium term, everyone, you know, this can benefit everyone in any different way. Until then, keep investing, keep budgeting, and, and keep, keep listening. listening. Ciao.